My name is Jane Borowski, host of Invisible Tears. This podcast will be about my story and my words, talking about my own personal experiences and self-healing. I do not claim to be a therapist, counselor, or licensed psychologist. Hello, my name is Amanda Bedard, and I'm the co-host, producer, and editor of Invisible Tears. I'm a Reiki master, certified professional life coach, spiritual coach, wellness coach, and a counseling practitioner. Some of the content you will hear in this podcast may be disturbing to some. Viewer discretion is advised. But it is our hope by putting this information out there that we may help others to heal. We will always be a platform for truth and healing. This is Invisible Tears. On this episode of Invisible Tears, Jane, myself, and Drew talk about how we all came to know each other and how our amazing team came together for this project. The universe sure had plans for us. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Invisible Tears. I'm your co-host, Amanda Bedard, and with me, I have the host of Invisible Tears, Jane Borowski. How are you doing today, Jane? I'm Wonderful. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. We also have Drew Bedard here today. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? Doing good. Fantastic. The purpose of this episode is so you all can really just get to know each of us, uh, why we're together with this project. It's actually uh, quite a funny and interesting story, and um, it truly speaks to our mentality that everything happens for a reason. Um, and that's how this entire project came together. Definitely. Absolutely. Everything happens for a reason. And it was uh, quite interesting how this came about. It really was. The timing was quite uncanny. Um, it, was, it, it was almost like we, we can't make it up. No. So we want you all to hear the story. So I guess we can start off with, so I mean, Drew and Jane have the immediate connection of, you know, knowing each other. Um, all of Drew's life. So, Jane, how did you meet uh, Drew's parents? I, me and Dennis, met Drew's parents through mutual friends. And we started just, we just connected. We we knew, saw our friendship right there. And we started going to a lot of uh, cookouts at Andrew's grandmother's house. And we just... Uh, Throughout the years, we just we just got to know each other and, and became very, very good friends. I mean, it's been like 30-plus years that I've known his parents. Mm-hmm. And I ended up... I, I Actually, I worked for his parents for a few years um, detailing cars. They own their own detailing business, detailing cars. So And they taught me everything I needed to know because I ended up detailing cars for a few years after that at different dealerships. And uh, Andrew was only about maybe two when I was detailing cars with them. And uh, just um, always, always been in my life. We, I watched their kids grow up and they watched my kids grow up and they all grew up together. Uh, At the time when I met Andrew, he was only like two, like I said, and his siblings hadn't hadn't existed yet. (laughs) (laughs) So those of you that don't know, Drew is the oldest among his siblings, and he has a younger brother and sister. 
Paige and Marcus. And actually, if uh, throughout the years, as, as we we known them, um, we ended up moving right down the street from them. And I started a daycare business, started day, uh, doing daycare. And I ended up babysitting Andrew and his two siblings for for about a year, maybe two years. Yeah, a couple of years. Yeah, at least. And uh, I ended up, <clears throat> that's how we, I ended up knowing them. I've just always known them. And, uh, of course, all the cookouts and the birthday parties and graduations and then graduations again <laughs> for college and just uh, pretty much watched them grow up. I still, we still have a great relationship with his parents. Uh they do. They move around a lot in the country, and we've gone to Pennsylvania to visit them, North Carolina to visit them, and uh, always stay connected. Sometimes we wouldn't talk for a couple of months, but we always connected back up, and and just always uh, always had a great friendship with them. Sometimes those are the best relationships too the the relationships that you know that you're going to have for life and it's like it's more like family as opposed to friends oh exactly and you cannot talk to them for however long and then reconnect with them and it's like no time has passed and exactly even to this day my dad still considers dennis his best friend (laughs) yeah dennis too dennis considers your dad mike uh best friend it's funny that you mentioned my grandmother's house and the cookouts we're getting to know because that's actually the location where I remember first hearing about Jane's case and it was watching the Unsolved Mysteries uh, one that once that was released and I was maybe, you know, seven years old when first hearing about that. It was one of those, the whole family got together to actually watch that episode once it was released in That 91. must have been on Unsolved Mysteries. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so if you were seven years old, it would have been in 91. It was 91, 92 era. Yep. Yep. And yeah, Jane and I, we've just, yeah, even when I was in college, still stayed in touch. Anytime I was back in town, we'd always see each other at cookouts. And I would say Jane and Dennis are the one family friend that I have stayed in constant contact with throughout all of my life and, you know, entirety of coming and going from the area. Uh, Yeah, I mean, we... We've always stayed connected. Uh, whenever I saw your parents, especially when you guys were in college, I always asked about you guys, how school's going. And, and uh, yeah, we, I mean, you guys are like my kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. So it had been a couple of years since I had talked to you. Yep. And last year, it was, of course, the pandemic uh, last summer was going on and uh we had the stay at home orders and all that and so me and jessica were kind of hanging out at the house and and listening to different podcasts and jessica said hey let's punch up your case and your name and see what's on there and so there was several podcasts that were telling my story and (laughs) Jessica looked at me and she's like, why are they telling your story, which isn't even accurate? Why don't you start telling your story? And I'm like, that's, that's a really good idea. But <laughs> I have 
zero knowledge of technology. <laughs> I It took me three years to figure out my phone, and my phone's about ready to be upgraded again, and I don't even want to do that <laughs> because I have to figure out a new phone. So we were sitting there, and she looked at me, and she's like, what about Andrew? And I was like, what a great idea. So I immediately got on my phone, and I messaged Andrew. And I said, hey, want to help us with a podcast? And Andrew's, like, immediately responded, was like, yes, let's meet. Now, I got to remind you that Andrew and Amanda were also thinking about a podcast, but I had no idea about this. (laughs) None. So we decided to uh, meet a couple of days later in Keene. And I had lunch, and I brought in all my ideas on what I wanted to do for a podcast. And it was, you know, about my healing, because I had gone through a lot of healing and a lot of uh, counseling the past 10 years. And all of a sudden, Andrew looks at me and was like, did you talk to my mom? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like... Yeah, I talk to your mom all the time. But did you talk to your, my mom about the podcast? And I'm like, no, I hadn't talked to anybody about it. And evidently, Andrew and Amanda were also thinking about the podcast, uh, doing a podcast. And all of a sudden, it was like he had talked to his mom about it. I didn't know. And um, we just got together and all of our ideas were so similar and and it, it just uh, we clicked like immediately clicked as a team uh forming this podcast it, it's it's been amazing it's it's it really has uh we um if what one doesn't think of the other thinks of and we just uh we clicked. Yeah. So what was actually that conversation like with it, with your mom, Drew? Um, the the whole premise of serial killers, unsolved cases and everything was something that always just sort of interested me. And then also having such a close tie to Jane it made it feel close to home. Like, mm-hmm. holy shit, I actually know somebody who was a survivor. I can get that firsthand account. Right. Um, so what we wanted to do was some sort of podcast talking about serial killers, unsolved cases, but also from the side of the victims, not just from the perpetrators. Um, and in my mind, the first case to do was going to be the Connecticut River Valley murders. And Jane was going to be the first person, you know, hoping to speak with and actually getting her story. So the timing was just one of those, wow, we're all already thinking the same sort of thing. And during that lunch was where we ironed out which direction we actually want to take this podcast. And it was just one of those, the timing was absolutely perfect. It couldn't have come at a better time. And Jane, you were ready to finally tell your story. Mm-hmm. I was, me and Amanda were finally ready to jump into trying to get some information out there and actually speaking with people. So it couldn't have happened at a better time. Yeah, the timing was absolutely insane. I mean, we actually went to that, and I'm remembering this now. It just feels like so long ago. We actually went to that lunch just assuming 
that Drew's mom had 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 a conversation with you, Jane, and that's why you were actually bringing it up to us. And when we found out that no, she hadn't talked to it because it was literally a couple of days, yeah. I think, or a, a day, with, yeah, maybe? within a week, or or something yeah. like that. Um, and then Jane had contacted us, so we figured that that's actually why Jane contacted us. But that wasn't the case at all. And once we realized that, it was really like a ooh, full body chill. This is this is actually going to be a really amazing project. Yeah, everything happens for a reason, and uh, Andrew is a little bit of a non-believer about that. <laughs> <laughs> he used to be. Used, used to, to be, be, but now, yeah, everything happens for a reason. And I mean, Amanda, with your wellness practice, you had actually brought Jane in for some Reiki and counseling prior, and that was where how you guys actually joined, and you guys just clicked instantly. Yes. Yeah. So I'm actually remembering the first time that I met Jane. I believe it, I believe it was over at the campground. There yep. are a Cook lot out. of people. Yep. yep. There are a lot of people over there. Um, and I met Jane. And immediately I also remember just being so drawn to like Cheyenne. She was so bubbly and she was so Cheyenne's Jane's uh, granddaughter. And uh, she was so bubbly and so cute and just like this, the most beautiful soul. And she immediately like connected in with my daughter that was there. It was, you know, a bit older than her. Um, but it was it was a really great time. And I think when Jane and I met, it almost felt like we had actually known each other for quite some time. And then I'm I'm trying to remember how you actually came to me at first for Reiki. Was it Drew's mom that suggested it? Or yeah. It, yeah. Um, Drew's mom had uh, mentioned that you had started your, your business. Yep. And I was going through a lot of stuff with um, pain and anxiety and, and all that stuff. And Jessica had mentioned, well, why don't you go see Amanda? Make an appointment with Amanda. Well, of course, I was a complete non-believer with Reiki. <laughs> Absolutely non-believer. Those, those are the best kind of <laughs> And uh, I said, all right, I'll give it a shot. And um, I went like uh, four or five sessions. Yeah, I was going to say it was, uh, it was pretty consistent there for a while. And, and I, I turned into a believer completely, completely. I felt so much better. And... Uh, and we just connected every time I went in to see you. We, we'd have like a 20-minute conversation before you actually got me on the table. It was, and it wasn't even about my session. It was always about yeah, just family. Yeah, like what's and going on. Yeah. And, yep. 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 It was just so, so easy. That the connection between the two of us, I think, was just so easy. And so for those listeners that don't know, so the practice that we're talking about is guided path wellness. And I'm a Reiki master and a certified professional life coach, spiritual coach, and wellness coach. And so what I do is I actually specialize in pain management, stress and anxiety reduction, and trauma with my clients. I utilize uh, Reiki energy healing sessions and sometimes, you know, combinations of coaching to help clients heal their mind, body, and soul from the inside out. So that is what Jane first experienced with me after she met me. Um, and yeah, I think that uh, I think that those connections through those sessions was really valuable to us because I think it really established how easy it was. Like it's, let's be real, we we know each other. Oh, absolutely, we, we know each other really well, and it's almost like 
we've known each other our entire lives too. So. Oh, exactly. It feels like that. Yeah. 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 It, it, instant, instant connection, instant friendship connection, big yeah. time. Yep. Big time. I, I thank Andrew every day for marrying her. <laughs> <laughs> Brought something good to the table. <laughs> And actually, it's kind of funny, too, because Jane mentioned with Drew that, oh, now he's a believer and everything happened for a reason. I think I have a slight bit to do with that, too. Oh, I was just saying, like, Jane, when it came to Reiki, I didn't understand it, didn't believe it or anything like that. But then about my third session of actually giving it a shot, holy hell did it work. And I mean, with our other business, I'm loading and unloading storage units all the time, and my back pain is just completely gone because of Reiki. It's mm-hmm. just absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And like I was saying before too, it's, it's the, um, it's, I love skeptics are actually sometimes the best kind of clients or I should say realistic skeptics. You know what I mean? As long as you have an open mind, um, Reiki can never do, Reiki can absolutely never do harm. Um, you're going to receive from it what you're meant to receive from it. And so if you're completely closed off to it, you may not feel any benefits. But if you're just slightly open, slightly open. It works. It works. You did a mini session with Cheyenne. I did. A few weeks ago. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. She was so cute. She was a, and I swear, she's seven, right? Seven. She's seven. The most mature seven-year-old I think I have ever been around in my life. <laughs> she is. She's seven going on. 18. <laughs> yeah, no, she really is. And she really liked it. And I know she's having a little bit of pain right now. Um, and I most definitely tuned into that a little bit. But yeah, no, I think I think she she got off the table and she was like, I like that. Almost. She almost had the same reaction as Jess. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, the first time that Jess actually had a session. So that was fantastic. I worked out the whole family. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. And now back to our episode. So Amanda and I came to actually know each other through through work. We actually worked <laughs> together. Um, and then when I left the job that we're working at, we actually had disconnected for about a year, year and a half. Yep. And then when we finally reconnected, we realized, oh, we need each other's we need each other in each other's lives. Right. And yeah, been going strong since that since that day. Yeah, absolutely. Was, it's it's kind of funny because when we first met at work, we immediately connected as friends and we just sort of became, you know, concert buddies. <laughs> we each were in relationships, though. I mean, it was it was strictly just a friendship, um, just a great friendship. And we shared bonds over music and, and that sort of thing um, and the type of work that we were doing because we were both very good at the work that we were doing. Um, and then, yes, once you once you left that company and you you went on your your career path. We most definitely did disconnect. I think we disconnected for probably about two years. Yeah. And then it was some sort of just off the cuff message about something that ended selling up selling conne- some books. Selling some you. books. Yeah, exactly. Something like that that connected us back, and we were like, "Oh, let's go grab a drink. Just we're, reconnect." <laughs> we're both single now too. <laughs> so, yep. And the rest is history. How lucky am I? <laughs> How lucky am I? How lucky are we? <laughs> and kind of going back a little bit, um, the point when I knew I was like, ooh, this is a podcast that Amanda and I were thinking of. And the thought in my mind of, ooh, I can really get Jane on board was maybe a year or two prior to that cookout we spoke with, with where Amanda and Jane met. 
Jane and I were again at the campground, hanging out with my parents, having a little cookout, and we just started talking. And Jane, for the first time in my life, just started opening up and actually talking about the case, you know, showing me some of the scars and stuff. And it was stuff that I had seen, but I never dared to ask her about. And it was just one of those, for me, it made me feel great to know that Jane had the comfort to actually open up to me and tell me a little bit more of the story that you don't hear from all the TV specials and podcasts and all that stuff. And that was when I was like, ooh, yes, Jane is, Jane's opening up. Mm-hmm. We're going to be able to talk about this. We're going to be able to tell her full story. And so that, that seed was always planted in the back of my head. And I'm just, I'm thankful every day that Jane, you know, felt comfortable enough to open up to me and, you know, talk about it because this is where it's brought us today. Yeah. yeah. There was most definitely that showing of trust and comfort, which I don't think that this project would actually work if that wasn't there. Oh, absolutely. I, uh, over the years, I've, uh, I've had some people come into my life, um, that had different agendas or their own agendas when it came to um, what happened to me and and as far as uh, uh, Drew and Amanda's concerned, I, I've never trusted two people more in my life as I do with them. Uh, you guys, I, I, I just trust you guys with everything because you guys are, your best interest is making sure that I'm okay. Absolutely. And I know that, and I feel that, and I just, I just feel so safe and comfortable with you guys, mm-hmm. especially um, with the past experiences I've had with other people. Um, it's it's refreshing to know that I have two people that I can lean on, like you two, and uh, and I can bring anything to you guys. Um, anything if if something's bothering me or uh i'm having a bad day or whatever i can i know that i can call you guys and you guys will always be there for me and uh to be able to to have that relationship with that amount of trust is comforting to me mm-hmm. and that's and that's huge to us too and we we really appreciate that obviously we feel the same exact way I mean, we love you. We love you more than words can say. I love you guys. <laughs> but yeah, the, just the fact that we know, we know how much value that trust um, has with us. And we, we know what you have been through. So we really, we, we, we don't take that lightly. Yeah, especially with all the different TV specials. I mean, Jane, you and I would sit down and I would kind of ask you, well, how was this person? How did they treat you? How was this person? And you would be brutally honest. And it was great to hear, but also one also so disheartening to hear, too, how some people would just use your story as a platform but not give, uh, you know, not care about how it was affecting you. But exactly. Then, but then on the flip side, there would be other, other ones that, you know, wanted to tell your story, maybe with their own agenda, but it was kind of the right agenda and you've stayed in touch with them throughout all the years as well. And, you know, um, Phelpsy, oh, exactly. one in particular, John Philbin, yep. but then you have like the Dr. Phil's and stuff like that, that we're just using it for, to fill a segment. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Uh, 
yeah, my experience with Dr. Phil was not was not great at all. Uh, unfortunately, um, the person that connected me with uh, Dr. Phil also um, she had her own agenda, and uh, I was not part of that agenda. I was just a little tool for her so she could accomplish her agenda. And uh, she never, she never took my safety or, or um, my well-being um, into consideration at all. And uh, so, but yeah, you're right. There was a few people that I did um, have good connections with and still do. Um, Phelpsy is one of them and John Philpin. And uh, there's, there's a few, couple of others. So it, it hasn't all been bad, but I, I'm still, I have a, I have a, uh, a wall up. Yep. Because even with them, you weren't able to tell your full story. No, I it wasn't. Was, it was segmented parts of your story. And that's where this is. You're going to have unfiltered ability to tell your entire story from beginning to, to current. So. Oh, exactly. I mean, I haven't really done any uh, media whatsoever in the past 10 years since I started my healing. Um, my healing started in 2010. 2010. And uh, I've kind of stayed to myself. I've, I've had a couple of people approach me about doing different shows and, and I chose not to because I was I wanted to focus on my healing. And so now that my healing is 10 years uh in process, uh, that's I, I now feel that I'm ready to tell my whole story, story, uh, things that people don't know, um, a lot of things that had happened that people just never had any idea. Even my, my closest friends had no idea of some of the things that I've gone through. And now that I'm healed, you know, my healing is still in process. It always will be for the rest of my life. But I'm finally in that spot and that place in my life where I can tell my whole story. And it's not going to affect me in a negative way. If anything, it's going to be a positive for me. Right. It's not going to cause a relapse or anything by exactly. going through the storytelling and everything like that. Yep. Exactly. And, you know, I, I always... Um, the past 10 years, I've, I started to realize that there's other people out there that have gone through similar situations as I, not to the extent, but have experienced really bad trauma. And I've realized, you know, they also don't have anybody to really talk to and relate to. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do this was healing. Uh, if I could uh, help that one person out there, you know, that's why I wanted to do this, was to help that one person out there and let them know, you know, I've been through this, I'm I've going through the healing, and uh, you can live a happy, normal life, and, and that's what I'm doing today. Yeah. yeah, and we're talking about trauma, and we would like to speak with people that have suffered trauma across the spectrum, too. Not just, you know, attempted murder or sexual assault, but also those that have had family members commit suicide and whatnot, too. You know, even, I mean, like, if we want to talk about extreme 
trauma. You can also, like, if somebody's been in a bad car accident, yep. um, that that's that leaves a, a, a lasting, you know. I, I actually have a, ve- a very good friend of mine who was actually in a hor- horrific accident and is still suffering with clinical PTSD from it um, and still is having issues because loud, of it. Loud noises, fireworks, stuff Absolutely. that will just... Fear in a car. Absolutely. Yep, yep. I mean, the sound of broken glass. Oh, broken um, glass. Into, yep. you, you know what I mean? And so it's, it's one of those where it's like trauma... Trauma doesn't know any race. It doesn't know any sex. I mean, it's trauma is trauma. And I like to play the uh, Stone Cold entered theme around her, though. <laughs> uh, yes, and she appreciates that. She, she loves it. <laughs> she has a whole bunch of Reiki afterwards. <laughs> Got to bring in that business. <laughs> <laughs> but no, in, in all seriousness, though, the uh, yeah, trauma, trauma isn't isn't bias. Uh, trauma effect, trauma can affect everyone, and the degree to which the trauma can affect any one person depends on that person. And so, I mean, I even know uh, people that have, you know, that have developed clinical PTSD um, from just observing situations that they weren't even involved in, yeah. even involved with. Um, so, I mean, the degree, while while you know, we may not come across too too many people that have gone through something exactly like you know, Jane, you have. Um, trauma is still trauma and the more you can open up and talk and have a safe platform for truth and healing the better you're the better you're going to be um that's that's the whole um, premise of the uh healing process julie always comes to mind with with something like this that we can try to help with some of the healing process yeah my best friend julie she uh her son committed suicide and that was uh that affected everybody. Uh, he was such a good guy, and we didn't see it coming. Yeah, and uh, still have a lot of questions about it. But yeah, because he was my age, and yeah, we had grown up together, spent yeah. so much time up there, firm, and yep, exactly. It's so yeah. I mean, trauma does not discriminate whatsoever, and uh, one of my favorite quotes and I and I don't know who this person is and I think I, I was talking with you about this a little bit before was the root of addiction is trauma yeah. there really isn't any you know quote gateway um, besides trauma that's true mm-hmm. everybody deals with trauma in their own way some people they struggle I struggled for 20 years with my trauma mm-hmm. I my the first 20 years after my attack I didn't receive any counseling and I ended up turning to addiction I became a compulsive gambler it about destroyed my life I'm a felon I'm a convicted felon because of it I take full responsibility for what I did the bad choices I made absolutely I will every day of my life I I made those bad choices but I can't ignore the fact that because of my attack and because of the trauma and my my PTSD, I, I can't ignore the fact that that had a major contribution to my right. addiction. Yep. Um, but again, I do, 
I've always taken full responsibility for my bad choices. Mm -hmm. And I've learned from them. And uh, I make better choices today. A lot better choices today. Yeah, and that's even some part of the story that we do want to get out is what was going on during that time that caused those choices to be made because the town folk will have their one thoughts with the whole situation, but then you're going to be able to actually get across, this is what was really happening. Yeah, it wasn't right. You've you've owned up to you know the mistake, but also you're not a terrible person for it. Maybe it'll help them also understand what was going on at that time so they'll look on it with a different light. Yeah, yeah, that's a possibility. I mean, there's there's judgmental people oh, out yeah, there, so uh, people are always going to judge. And I've been judged for a long time for a lot of bad choices I've made. But today, I let people judge. They don't. They don't know me. They don't know what I went through. They don't. They didn't walk in my footsteps. And I. I just don't. I don't have room in my life for judgmental people. Um, and I'm not going to make room in my life for judgmental people. I, just not going to. There's no need to. I, I, I mean, yeah. you can't control the way that people react to you. And it, all you can do is control your reaction to them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, I, I live in a small town. So obviously when I made my bad choices... Everybody knew about it. Yep. And people judged. And I, it bothered me at first, but in reality, once I, I was convicted of, of what I did and I went to jail, I have to think about it as that was the first time I ever received counseling. And I was co-ordered to receive counseling. Yep. And that was the First time ever, and that saved my life. So I can look at it two ways. You made bad choices, and this is how it affected your life at that time. Do I think about that? Nope, I'm gonna think about it as it, it, it saved my life. It, it helped me to get the, he, the help I needed. It, it was the be- very first beginning of my healing process, and I'm actually thankful for it. Yeah, rather than thinking of it going to jail, it was a rehabilitation center. It did what it was supposed to do, and it oh, actually exactly. rehabilitated you and made you look at the world in a different light. And, and actually kicked off your healing process. Yep. It really did. I mean, everything happens for a reason. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but when I started the counseling, it was just for my gambling. And I had gone to probably for two months, I had gone to to my counseling before I actually shared what had happened to me with my counselor. And that's when the counseling really kicked off in a whole different direction. And that's when she clinically diagnosed me with PTSD. And I didn't even really know what PTSD was. Uh, she gave me a paper and said, these are the symptoms, or some of the symptoms of PTSD, and there must have been 20 symptoms on there. And I'm looking at this paper, and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. I had, like, three-quarters of those symptoms and didn't even realize it. Mm-hmm. 
because I had put my mind into a way of living that I thought I was living a normal life and I didn't have any repercussions from this and and just hid it all away and and I hid behind my gambling is what I did. It was my safe place. I didn't have to think about all my symptoms that I didn't even know I had at the time. And uh, so I was, um, when, I, when I was diagnosed with PTSD, uh, that was a life changer right there. Then I knew, okay, now I really have to heal myself. And, and I, I, it's, it's been amazing. It's been amazing. That's good. So this is just a little bit about our our lives, our stories, how we came to meet. Um, We will be divulging into more of the details that you've heard about in future episodes as, you know, if the subject matter fits into a discussion that we're having either just with each other or doing an interview with another person to get their perspective to try to let them know that we as all people are connected one way or the other. We're all going through the same sort of thing at one point in our lives. We've all reached a low point. We've all had high points. And we just want to try to live somewhere in the middle. We don't want to be too high, too low, because that manic energy can be very destructive at times, too. Absolutely. It absolutely can. Yes, it certainly can. So stay tuned to Invisible Tears for more episodes to follow. We always welcome feedback and questions, too, on future podcasts. We'll most definitely probably have a, just a, just a Q&A, um, but we've sort of uh, summarized, and hopefully you guys feel like you've gotten to know each of us a little bit better and understand why we're all together on this amazing journey and project. Yes, we want everybody to have a comfort level with us so that way if they do have a question that's been difficult to ask anybody, that they feel comfortable reaching out and asking that question, and we can try to help them in any way possible. So I'm ready to tell my story, and uh, yeah, ask ask anything. I, I'm very open to questions, and and so is an Amanda and Drew, and, and we hope to... Um, we hope that you will tune in to us and stay healthy, stay happy. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Invisible Tears. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast to hear all future episodes. Click into our link tree too in the episode description to find and follow us on all our social medias. And it also links to our website, invisible-tears.com, where you can keep current on any events that may be coming up, read more about Jane and the team, and read more about all the Connecticut River Valley unsolved cases. As we stated in this episode, we want to hear your questions that you have for any of us so we can answer them in Q&A episodes going forward. So if you have any questions for us, send us an email to invisible.tears1966 at gmail.com. Make sure you put Q&A in the subject line, and we'll do our best to answer all questions that come in to us. If you are looking for everyday items, clothes, collectibles, or a gift for that special someone, you can support us further by checking out our retail store, The Frugal Marketplace. We can be found at thefrugalmarketplace.com or search for us on eBay and Poshmark. We hold an online claim sale on Facebook Live every Monday night at 7 p.m. where you can find our latest items for sales or items at a deep discount. If you're local to the area, please stop in and say hi. 
You can find us at 919 West Swansea Road in Swansea, New Hampshire. The links for our products can be found in our show notes. If you want to learn more about my wellness practice, Guided Path Wellness, head to guidedpathwellness.org. There you can read more about me and my certifications, more about the Reiki and coaching services I offer both in person and remote, and read all about my products for sale that I make through the practice. Feel free to utilize the contact us section on the website with any questions or utilize that free 15-minute consultation booking button if you have any questions about what might work for you. Evil may exist in this world, but we will not let it win. See you next episode.